The Bible says that this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. I want to welcome everybody today. Uh, I'm Pastor Eddie Couples. I'm the lead pastor of Love and Truth Ministries, and I want to welcome our campuses today uh, that are joining with us, our Savannah and Cordova and Henderson campuses. Would you help me here in Jackson welcome everybody today who is joining with us. We're believing for the power of God to touch your life and to minister uh, right there where you are today. I've been talking to you over the past few weeks to all of us about what you need you already have. And, and a lot of times we, we kind of have a tendency to always be looking out there somewhere. We're always looking uh, for something that's way out there in the future or way out uh, in somebody else's hand. And yet the Word of God lets us know that what we need, uh, we've already got right now. And so we began talking about the first week, we talked about what's in your mouth. We t and we, we spoke about the process there that the Bible says the Word of God is near you even in your mouth. And how that the Word of God brings power to your life. That when you speak the Word of God, when you, when you say God's Word, that literally you can create your future by speaking the Word of God. And then we begin to talk about the next week, we talked about how that the Word of God lets us know that there is something in our house. What's in our house? And when we talked about the widow there who went to the prophet and she said, uh, I am in trouble, they're going to repossess my kids. Literally, that's what they were doing. They were, they were repossessing uh, her kids, and uh, she said, I, you got to do something. And the, the prophet said, what's in your house? And she said, the only thing in my house is a little bit of oil. And he said, that's enough. He said, in your house, there's always provision. And so we talked about a couple of weeks ago how to get provision in your life with what God has already given you uh, in your house. And then last week, we talked about what's in your hand. Uh, God talked to Moses, and he said, Moses, what's in your hand? And he said, Lord, it's just a staff. But God took that staff, and he brought deliverance not only to Moses' life, but to one to three million Israelites. God brought deliverance to them. Now, today, I want to talk about what's in your heart, all right? What's in your heart? So take your Bibles today and go to the book of 1 Samuel, the 14th chapter. And in just a moment, we want to read there because we're going to see here what's, what's in someone's heart. Now, this story is a story about Jonathan, who is King Saul's son. Uh, Jonathan has been trained to be the next king of Israel. Jonathan has grown up in the king's palace. Uh, Jonathan has the heart of a warrior, but he also has the heart of a servant. In fact, Jonathan, if you were to study Jonathan's life, he's more like David than he is like Saul. Uh, and, and that's a whole other sermon series that we could go into. Uh, but, but Jonathan has the heart of David, not the heart of Saul. And so when we begin to read here, there's something going on in Jonathan's life. Look in verse 6 and 7, if you would. It says, Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. For nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. So his armor bearer said to him, do all that is in your heart. What's in your heart? Do all that's in your heart. Go then, here I am with you according to your heart. Now what, what's in your heart this morning? Now what was in the heart of Jonathan was vision. And I believe in all of our lives, uh, we've talked about 
power's been in our, our, our mouth. We've talked about all these different things. But today, we're going to talk about vision. What's in your heart? Vision is in your heart. Now, here's what I found out. Everybody ends up somewhere in life. Amen. I mean, you, you wound up at a church service today. And so everybody ends up somewhere. A few people end up there on purpose. Now, I'm, I'm the kind, I don't like uh, to just set off to go somewhere and not know where I'm going. I, I like to know what the plans are. I like to know where I'm staying. I, I like to know how I'm going to get there. I like to know I'm going to only stop one time every 23 hours in a car. Right, guys? I mean, we got to figure it out. If, if we stay in the car and we don't stop for too many potty breaks, we can, we can cut time in half. Right? I mean, I'm that, I'm that kind of a guy. And yet some people, it's just, you know, where are you going on vacation? I don't know. We're just going to get in the car and drive. I would go stark raving mad. I just can't do that. I mean, even, even when I ride my motorcycle, I kind of already know when I get on it. I'm going this way. I'm going here. It's just the way I'm wired. Uh, pe people uh, who know where they're going and who get there on purpose have a vision in their life. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Jonathan had a vision. Now, here, here's what I want you to understand. Visions are powerful. Everything great that has been achieved since Adam and Eve until now is because somebody had a vision for it. I, I heard a guy say years ago, and I love this statement, and it, it's, it's kind of become a mantra of my life. Only those who see the invisible can do the impossible. No, let me say that again. Only those who see the invisible can do the impossible. We've got to come to this place of saying, you know what? It's not just, uh, I, well, if I see it, I believe it. Ever heard that? Well, if I can't see it, I don't believe it. You, look, what are you, from Missouri or from the show-me state? Do, do you realize every great advance in science and technology has been done by somebody who saw something that nobody else could see? I mean, you, you study Bill Gates, and Bill Gates and, and, and his buddy as, as uh, college high school students and, and, and college dropouts uh, begin to say, man, uh, we, we want to take mainframe computers out of buildings that, that, you know, that are massive, and we want to bring a computer to everybody's house. And people are going, you can't do that. And now we've got it where it is thin enough that you can, you can walk around with it. Why? Because somebody saw something that nobody else saw. I want to tell you there are some things that, that you can see that nobody else can see, and when you begin to see them and you begin to step into them, God begins to come alongside of you because God is a visionary. God stepped into the middle of nothing on Nowhere Street and said, let there be, and there was. No, you missed it. I mean, the Bible says it this way, the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. God saw something before it ever happened. God's a visionary. Now, what do you know? That you keep reading chapter 2 and 3 there, it says that you are created in the image and in the likeness of God. So if I am created in the image and in the likeness of God, then I must be a visionary. Have you ever been around kids? No, come on, you ever been around three and four and five-year-olds? 
I, I read something one time that said, that said they, they studied kindergartners and that over 90% of kindergartners uh, were creative. They, they just were, you ever been around kindergartners? I mean, they, they, their minds are going Right, they're flying over the moon. They're, they're, they're looking at a tree, and it's a it's a monster. And it, I mean, they, they, right? They said by the time people graduated from high school, less than ten percent were still creative. Why? Because we just beat the stuffings out of people. I, I I can almost guarantee you that most of the time, the first word your child learned after mama and dada was no no. Right? I mean, that's, that's what we teach our children. No, no, you can't do that. You can't go there. And I understand we need to protect our children and all that. But what happens is, is that God has created us as visionaries. God has given us the ability to see things that are nobody else can see. But the problem is, is that we allow the forces of the world to keep us from living up to our God-ordained abilities and to really know, listen, there's something in my heart. There's something in your heart today. There's something in every one of you at the campus today that God says if you will just allow it to explode I can do mighty things through you come on look at your neighbor and say God wants to do mighty things through you come on do that do that come on come on all right so so let's look look at verse 6 the first part of verse 6 it said then Jonathan uh, said to the to the young man who, who bore his armor his armor bearer come let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised and, and he's not being nice when he says that it may be that the Lord will work for us let me let me talk to you about what what visionaries how they operate number one is this a visionary looks for an opportunity did you hear me a visionary is looking for an opportunity they're they're, they're the kind of people who are who are dissatisfied with the status quo People say, well, you, you, we, we don't really need that. Do, do you realize that most things we have we don't need, but somebody just got dissatisfied with the way things were? Right? I mean, do, do you really need 33 brands of, of Colgate toothpaste? I mean, have you been to the store lately? No, really, I'm serious. They're, they're, you know, I mean, how many... I, I just don't understand. I, I stand there and I look and I go, do I need, do I need it for whitening? Do I need it for, 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 you know, to take care of my teeth? Do I need it for gum disease? Do I need it for sensitivity? And, and I'm confused. Right? But somebody somewhere said, no, 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 we, we need a toothpaste for sensitivity. We need another one for gum. We need another. And, and so we, we have created all of these things because somebody got dissatisfied with the status quo. Now, if we will do that for toothpaste, should we not look at a world that is in a mess People's lives who are being destroyed by alcohol and drugs and pornography and all the things that are out there that are bringing about so much destruction in our nation. And instead of us just coming to church and patty-caking for Jesus, isn't there somebody who's going to look for an opportunity to make a difference in somebody's life? Yes. Now, now, here's the deal about visions. Visions carry with them a sense of conviction. You, you, if you're around a visionary, they're passionate. I, I don't like people who are lukewarm. I'm kind of like the Lord. Get hot or get cold. But people who are just kind of, well, you know, just whatever. No, have an opinion. Have, have you ever been in a car with your companion 
I'm going to get in so much trouble for this one. And you say, where do you want to go to eat? Oh, no, hallelujah. We're going to have Holy Ghost war right here. I don't care where you want to go. Well, I don't care where you want to go. I mean, we're, we're, there's, you know, there's 7 million restaurants in this community. Where do you want to go? Well, I don't know. Well, and, and then, invariably, if she tells me where she wants to go, I don't want to go. <laughs> and, and then she goes, I knew that. That's why I didn't say anything in the first place. Because every time I say something, you don't want to go there. Hallelujah. See, there's something about, I'm, I'm going to have a vision today for lunch. I'm going to tell you, i got a vision for lunch. Yes, okay. Uh, see, you, you've got to come to that place because visions carry conviction. The reason so many of us live mediocre lives is because we don't have a vision for what God's called us to. Jonathan said, look, God can destroy the enemy. He says, let's go do something about it. Let's get out there. Let's make a difference. See, a, a, a God-ordained vision begins as a concern in your life. I, I've said for years, people say, well, I don't know what God wants me to do in my life. And I've always said, find out what makes you mad or what makes you cry. Right? What makes you mad and what breaks your heart? Those usually are pretty good indications of what God is calling you to do with your life. My, my, my deal is, is that I really am passionate about seeing people move forward in their life. I, I believe that God has given us the ability not just to live mundane, routine lives, that God has given us the ability to have life in it abundantly. And so my call in life is to always challenge people. And, and there are people at times who, who come around Love and Truth churches and, and, and they like it. At first they say, oh, this is the greatest church ever. But I just keep hammering. I just keep talking to them about where God wants them to go and what God wants them to do. And all of a sudden, they say, ooh, you know, we, we, we just, we, well, we want to go somewhere where it's a little bit more comfortable. Well, I want to tell you, it's not going to be comfortable around here. Why? Because I believe that there's more that you can do for God than you realize. And I am going to do everything within me to pull that out of you. I am never, ever going to be satisfied with the status quo in your life, in the church, and what God's called us to do. We cannot live that way. The second thing, look in the latter part of that verse. He goes on to say, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. The second thing about a visionary is that a visionary is full of faith. I mean, Jonathan goes, you know what? God could send a whole army out here and we could wipe out the Philistines, or God could just take two of us and we can wipe them out. He said, it's, it's no biggie with God. R remember the, the statement I told you recently? To the infinite, all things finite are equal. Right? I mean, we, we make things so big. Oh, God can do this, but I don't know that he can do that. And, and so even in churches sometimes we get the mindset, well, you know, the Lord's really blessed us. Our church has grown. Our church has done this and, and, and that. You know what? I have yet, now I haven't seen it. Maybe some of you have. I have yet to see 3,000 people added to a church in one day's time. I mean, I think that's pretty cool. 3,000 people get saved one time added to the church. 
Now, it happened in the book of Acts, and if God did that once, I'm still waiting for that one service where we just look up and thousands of people get saved and give their lives to Jesus Christ. You say, Pastor, it'll never happen. Maybe not for you. But I just believe, I believe God can do that. He can save by many. He can save by few. He, he's in the business of making a difference. Our tendency, though, is to pray for miracles. Now, watch what I'm going to say. When we really ought to be praying for opportunities. No, let me say that again. Oh, Lord, could you, could you just make me lose 100 pounds by tomorrow? <laughs> I read something a while back, and I, I, I would so like to have this anointing. They, they said this guy was praying for people, and, and they, they were losing massive amounts of weight just right like there. I, I think I'm going to that revival. Right, I had some questions about the revival. I want to know what was happening when they lost that amount of weight, where their clothes went. But that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> Hang on to your britches, boy. We're going to pray. <laughs> I, am I the only one that thinks these thoughts? Do y'all think them and you're just not willing to say them, aren't you? I don't know how that, that whole thing works, but I think that's what most of us, is. We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't want to change our eating habits. We don't want to exercise. We, don't, we, we just want, oh, God, just do it. And, and God says, look, don't be looking for a miracle. Pray for an opportunity. Jonathan doesn't ask God for a miracle. Jonathan says, God, just give me an opportunity to make a difference. Do you realize that daily in your life you have the opportunity to make a difference? Now, here's what I want to tell you. There will always be more questions than answers. Well, what about this? Well, what about that? You, you're always going to have questions. Well, what if I fail? Well, what if you succeed? Well, what if people don't like it? Well, what if they do? And if they don't, who cares? No, really, if God's called you to do it, who cares if somebody else does not like it? Amen. I mean, I found out years ago, if you try to please everybody, you will, you will go stark raving mad. And, and so you, you come to that place of saying, you know what, I, I'm, I'm going to let my faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Lord, I'm going to allow my faith to take me where nobody's gone before. I mean, I kind of feel like a Star Trek captain today. We're going to go boldly where no man's gone before. I mean, we, we just, we're just going to go out there into the great unknown because that's where God's calling us to. Now, I want to tell you, the bigger your vision, the more important it is that your faith is rooted in God and not yourself. If you think you can do it, you're in trouble. You've got to come to that place of saying, you know what? This is a huge vision, but my faith on Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. And, and, and so you just keep believing. You just keep moving. You just keep going on. The third thing about a visionary and a person who is, is going for what God has, look in verse 7. It says, so his armor bearer said to him, do all that is in your heart. What's in your heart? A vision's in my heart. Go then, here I am with you according to your heart. Do you know what? There are some people who will inspire you to charge hell with a water pistol. 
right? I mean, you just go, all right, let's go. There are other people who go, you want to go charge hell? And you go, nope. I've got a fire truck. Don't care. I've got a whole battalion of fire trucks. Not with you. Why? Because you can tell they really don't believe in it. But when you really believe in something, then you will reach out there and a visionary, here's the third thing, is that a visionary enlists other people. They're going to bring somebody else alongside. Jonathan didn't just say, I can do this. Jonathan said, hey, what about the two of us going and doing this? Now, if I'm the armor bearer, I'm going, mm, let me think about it. I mean, there's a whole bunch of Philistine soldiers up on that hill. That's two of us. And I'm the armor bearer. Now, here's what that means. That means I carry your stuff. That means I probably don't have a sword and a shield that's my own. They're yours. In fact, Scripture says at one point that the only two swords in all the land of Israel were Jonathan and Saul's. Are you, you, you seeing this? There's, there's somebody who God has put in your life who believes so much in what God is doing through you, whether that's in your business or in your family or in your church or in your spirit, whatever it is, that they believe so much in you that all you've got to do is, is to excite them about the vision that God has given you, and they'll come alongside See, all God-ordained visions are shared visions. And, and it's, it's, it's interesting what visions do. Here's what I found out that visions do. Visions awaken people to their future. That really is what a vision, it awakens you. Oh, really? Oh, I can do that. Oh, yeah, God's, God's with me. If God be for me, who can be against me? Oh, yeah, I believe that. And so you start doing crazy stuff. You start believing for all kind of things. See, a, a, a visionary is able to tell you. If you are around a visionary and you say, hey, what's in your heart? They can tell you what's in their heart. Now, I've, I've been around a lot of church people. What's in your heart? And they don't have a clue. Why? Because they're not a visionary. But, but a visionary has a clear picture of what the future is going to be. I, I want to tell you. I believe with all of my heart. God's, God's been working in me, been speaking to me over the past few weeks, especially kind of kind of been di digging down, some things been happening, and, and I've just been saying, God, you've got to give me fresh vision. You've got to give me new vision. You've got you've to speak some fresh words to me. And all of a sudden, I'm beginning to sense God speaking some things, and I am so stoked because I know that, that it takes that. Listen, I, I've, I've believed God for, for things, and, and a lot of you have come along. So I, I can remember, uh, you know, especially when, when the Jackson Church started, I can remember 10 years ago of, you know, 30 of us gathering in a hotel room and, and talking about here's what God might want to do. And, and people, man, we, we like that. We believe. We, and, and people started coming and, it wasn't fun, and I beat the stew out of them for the first year and a half because I was mad at God. I didn't want to be here. I had a successful church, and I was saying, God, you're messing up my playpen. And they just kept coming. I said, well, God must be in it somewhere. 
But you know what? They, they, they saw the vision. They got, they got around the vision. And, then, and, and so we look up now. We see what God's doing not only in Jackson but all the other campuses. And, and then across the world we go, you know what? This thing might be bigger than any of us. And so that's why you have to enlist others to come alongside. The Bible says it this way. One can put a 1,000 to flight. Two can put 10,000. Verse 8 through 10, and I'm not going to read this for the sake of time, but, but Jonathan begins to say, uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to cross over, and, and if they show themselves, and we show ourselves to them, and they say, uh, wait until we come. And, and he goes through this whole thing. He, here, here's the fourth thing. i got to hurry. The fourth thing is, is that a visionary has a plan. Right? Jonathan says it this way. He says, um, here's the plan. If they, if they say one thing, here's what we'll do. If they say another, here's what we'll do, and, and here's how we'll go. And, and here's what I found out about visions is that visions will determine how you live life. See, uh, a, a, a visionary is, is that person who, who understands how to move into what God has for their life. And, and Jonathan is that way. Here's, here's what I found through the years is that dreams are kind of open-ended. Ever been around a dreamer? I, I will tell you, dreamers are dime a dozen. Ooh, I want to be a professional baseball player. How are you going to figure that out? I'm going to watch it a lot. I want to have a million dollars. How are you going to do that? Well, I, I, I got some charge cards. You know, during, I mean, just, just crazy stuff. I, I, I bought a lottery ticket. You don't want me to go there. There's a difference in a dreamer and a visionary. Dreams are open-ended. A vision has a date. A, a vision has a start time. A vision says, this is, well, you, here's my vision, and here's what we're going to do. And, and so when you begin to understand that, you begin to live differently. T two questions to ask yourself as I, I bring this to a close today. If you really believe that God's called you to do something, the first question you have to ask yourself is, what difference will it make? If I do this thing, what difference will it make? What difference will it make to me? What difference will it make to my family? What difference will it make in the future? What difference will it make in the kingdom of God? You have to ask, what difference will it make? And secondly, you need to ask yourself, why should I attempt to do this? Jonathan said, I need to do this because I'm the king in training and there's nobody else doing it. My daddy's sitting back there on the backside of nowhere doing nothing. He said, I, I'm going to go out here and do it. This is why I should do this. I, I'm, I'm gonna, I don't ever do this, but I'm going to use license here. Two or three years ago, maybe a little bit longer than that now, a man and his wife showed up in our church and and one of the aspects, real quickly, that I didn't know him, I, in a Wednesday night service, I just said, I sense that, that there's something about missions in your life. God's going to do. And through the process, I've watched Johnny and Willie White say, you know what? God wants us to do a work in Belize. 
Now, I, I don't want to tell her age, but I'll tell his age. He's not 25. He's in his 70s. And yet he says, I got a dream. I've got a vision to make a difference. And you can't talk. I mean, you cannot talk to the man. You can say, let's go to McDonald's and he'll put Belize in there somewhere. And he'll start talking about kids and start crying. And, and some of you have gone over there and he'll work you under the place. Because he's wanting to get it built. And he's wanting to, why? Because there's a vision that says, I want to make a difference. In your life, do you really want to just live life and make enough money so that you and your family are comfortable and one day die and go home and be with Jesus? I mean, is that all that there is, folks? I mean, is that it? Or do you really think, and I don't care if you're one or 101, do you really think that God just brought you to this earth just to kind of make it through? Or did he come to this earth and bring you to this earth so that you can make a difference? I believe there's some of you who are listening today that God's saying, I've called you to make a difference.